Hey, welcome to ACF Church, and we're so glad that you're with us watching this message online. And our hope is that it would encourage you to be more like Jesus and walk closely with Him as an apprentice of Christ. And our hope is to give away all of these resources for free as much as possible. It takes a lot of time and energy and people to make that happen. And if you'd like to support the mission of God financially for ACF Church, you can go to acfak.org and you can give there. Now enjoy the Word of God proclaimed. All right. Hey, welcome to church. Too late to celebrate being together here this morning. Well, hey, we are out of room, um, so that's a good thing to have. That's a good problem, but uh, yeah, we can celebrate that. Um, we're going to launch some more services, so just so you know, uh, we're going to try to spread you out a little bit. The plan is in place, and you get to be a part of that. We'll talk about uh, that towards the end of the message here today. But if you're online with us at our outposts or wherever you're watching from, we love you. We're grateful for you. And uh, if you don't know me, I'm Brian. I'm one of the pastors here at ACF, and uh, we're excited to be back together and And uh, this whole new year has provided some new opportunities for us for ministry. And before we get into the text here uh, today, I want to just tell you next week, you do not want to miss. We are going to talk a little bit about mental health, about being uh, uh, people who struggle with uh, depression, especially in the state of Alaska. And so I want you to know, uh, I know either you or somebody you know and love is struggling on on a psychological level right now. And so I just want you to know, don't miss next week. In fact, you might want to bring somebody. Don't tell them what it's about. It's all about mental health. You need to go to church next week. Uh, but just invite friends and uh, make sure that you're uh, here for that. We're actually going to have a licensed therapist here uh, with me for a conversation. We're going to do like a public therapy session. It's going to be awesome. So I'm really excited about that. I am. I'm really excited about that. So uh, join us. And then we're also really excited about a uh, new ministry that we're launching that's going to, I think, uh, really make a massive impact on the state of Alaska moving forward. And so uh, really excited, th- exciting things in the works, but um, it's been a week, hasn't it? I feel like, uh, yeah, even already in 2021, like nobody let COVID know that it's a new year and it's supposed to be done with that whole pandemic thing. Uh, you know, the, the political scene is still stressful. We saw our president be impeached for the second time, right? So that's a little bit like, okay, there's just, there's tension, there's stress, and, and we're trying to figure out how to deal with all of these things. And, and, and maybe for you, you're, you're even here today going, I'm just trying to figure out how to process this. And, and the feeling that I think many of us have had, I've had over the past year, is like your house is burning down and you don't know what to do, right? It's like you're just standing there preached. Britt thinks it feels like that. Maybe you do as well. Uh, But it's like this tension, like I just don't know what to do. And I've even had people telling me like, hey, Pastor Brian, you need to tell people like how to to vote and how to process uh, through this and and end up with a, a certain type of perspective. And I just want you to know, I don't know where you're from on the political scene. I don't know what brought you in here today. Uh, But my job is not to teach you what to think. It's to teach you how to think. And and, and so I'm not going to give you like, this is what you have to do unless it's biblically clear. We're going to go back to the scriptures. Uh, But on all other things, we're just going to, we're going to ask God to give us clarity because as we go to the word of God, we actually get a foundation for how to think about everything that we're dealing with culturally. And I just want you to know that, that this is a, this is a great place to be in 2021. Like in a world that says there is no truth, 
And in a world that says that you don't have to respond with grace, we actually worship a God who is full of grace and truth. And so we want to embody that as a family of God. That's what we are as a church. We're a, we're a family of grace and of truth. There is truth. There's not your truth. There's not my truth. There's not whatever truth we want to make up. But there is a truth, and his name is Jesus. And we're going to come back to that over and over again. And, and, and I think in that, we're going to get some stability. Our blood pressure is going to go down just a little bit. It might help if you stop watching CNN or Fox News, like that might bring it down. In fact, I was talking to my dad the other day and he's like, the doctor said I was going to die if I didn't stop watching the news. And so he just shut it off and he's better now. He's feeling good. So maybe, maybe that's the best thing I can say for you today. Just turn the TV off, go on a hike or something, but it has been um, a challenging season. And so um, we're talking about what it feels like to be alone. And uh, we're in a series called Never Alone. And we've, we've just been talking about how this is, can be a lonely season, and especially in a pandemic when uh, we've been isolated for almost a year now. Um, it can kind of feel like we're just, we're just alone in all of this. And I was actually reading a study this week. It was talking about how men and women are both dealing with the pandemic differently and how there's a stress level and an anxiety that we all feel, but it comes from different levels. Uh, most men are dealing with anxiety uh, based on their vocation. There's a fear of losing your job or not being able to provide for yourself or for your family. And so there's this low-level stress because of that, like on the financial end of things. For the ladies, it's, it's relationally driven, that most women in the United States and probably even worldwide would say they're dissatisfied with their social life right now. Like there's a feeling of disconnect and, and, and that I'm not, uh, my, my relationships, my friendships aren't healthy right now. And so everybody's feeling stress in their own way. And we're feeling lonely in different ways, in different parts of our lives. And so so we're just going to come back to what does God's word say about those lonely, quiet moments? How do we feel uh, God's presence in those moments? And so that's what we're going to talk about here today. Would you mind standing for God's word? We're just going to read Psalm 139, uh, verses 1 through 12 together. Here it is. It says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. You can be seated. That is God's word for us today. Um, and, and I think a really great place to begin as we talk about being lonely. And, and this week, I've entitled Alone in the Silence. Alone in the Silence. Have you had some silent moments over the past year, even over the past week, where you've just kind of felt Alone, And we keep coming back to this one statement every single week, and it's this. Sometimes life is lonely, but we are never alone as we walk faithfully with God. It's just going to be lonely sometimes. We're going to feel like we are alone, 
But it doesn't need to be a time where we think that God isn't with us. And so I want, I want to just ask you a question. Have you ever set up a meeting and uh, somebody didn't show up for the meeting? Don't you hate that? I mean, that, that's just a frustration for me. You set up a, a meeting and you're sitting there at the coffee shop or wherever and they just don't show up for the meeting. And you start to, your mind starts to wander and you start to wonder these things, right? Did they forget, right? Did they get busy, does my time not really matter? And then you start to worry, right? Maybe they're not, not okay. Maybe they're dead on a roadside somewhere. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just completely blew this whole thing off. And then if you're like me, maybe then you start wondering, I'm, I'm here on the wrong day. Did I, did I schedule this on a different day? And I just showed up on the wrong day. And, and so here's, here's my opener question here today. What happens when you finally get alone with God and it seems like he overslept the meeting? You finally make some space, you finally get alone, you finally kind of quiet your life down, and in the silence, you're like, he's not here. What happened? Where is he at? What's going on? Why isn't God here when I want him to show up? And so, uh, who has ever felt this way before? Anybody ever felt like God hasn't shown up for, for the meeting? Okay. I know I've felt this way many, many times. And in fact, most of the time when I sit down to pray, there's just this sort of dead silence, like an eerie silence when I want to meet with God. And the problem with setting up a meeting with God is really obvious. It's that sometimes you can't see if he showed up, right? It's like, I don't know if he's here or not, right? He may be in my presence. He's God, right? He's, he's invisible. He might be here, but I don't see that He's here, and so we start to wonder, does God care? Is he involved with my life? Maybe, maybe this is an important meeting. He's got bigger meetings, right? Certainly, there's some bigger fish to fry. So God's busy with somebody else. And yet as we read what the psalmist says, what David says is that in those quiet moments, in those times of loneliness, that God is, he's there. Like that you can't go anywhere to get away from the presence of God. That he's in every moment of every part of your life. He's always been involved in moments of joy, in moments of sorrow and suffering. God is always there. Here's the thing though. He's not always audibly speaking to us, right? We can't always just hear his voice clearly. And so here's the problem is that we think God's silence is his absence, we tend to, to read into the silence and we think, well, he's just not here. In fact, Psalm 13 says this, how long will you forget me, O God? If you've never read through the Psalms, they're just brutally honest. And, and it's just a beautiful way of communicating to God and they're just raw and they're real and they just can help us sometimes to put words to our feelings. Have you ever felt like that? Or maybe even said that to God, God, how long will you forget me, Right? How long will you blow off the meeting? How long will you ignore the fact that I need a meeting with my creator right now, with the God of the universe, because my life's a mess. The world feels like a mess. I need some truth right now. God, why won't you speak to me? And for a lot of you, maybe this is why you don't pray anymore, right? Like you're like, I tried that praying thing once. God didn't show up for the meeting. And so you read in the silence as God's absence, uh, a lot of people uh, have walked away even from their faith because they said, well, uh, okay, the Christian said, the Christian said God is here. He's all over the place. He's, he's anywhere. And so I tried to talk to God and he, he didn't really talk back, the, at least not the way I expected him to. And so this must not be real at all. 
And, and I'll tell you, sometimes church people don't make this any better. Sometimes we as Christians, we kind of, we kind of make this hard on other people because we tell stories like, you know, I was, I was sitting in the drive-thru at McDonald's and I was just praying, right? Do you know this friend? You know this friend? I was just praying because when I'm in the car, I'm just always talking to Jesus and, and me and God, we're just having this conversation and I was like, God, what kind of soda should I get? And, and he's like, oh, you're on a diet. And so you're like, oh, Diet Coke. So God spoke to me and I'm just so thankful that God spoke to me about what soda to get, you know? And then I talked to the lady at the, you know, at, at the checkout and she's like, she, she, you know, I, I witnessed to her, I tell her about Jesus. Jesus, this is the person that just drives you crazy because you're like, I don't talk to God like that. Like, I don't feel like he communicates with me that way. And yet um, God wants to speak to his people, but it's not always like that, right? Sometimes it's just, it just feels like silence. It feels like he doesn't care at all. And you're like, come on. Like, I'm praying about real things here, not about a stupid Diet Coke. I'm praying about a a marriage nearing a divorce, an uncertain future, a child who's walked away from God, infertility issues, what college do I go to, a relationship that might be the end of, of my life, it feels like. And you're dealing with these really, really difficult things. And somebody else is praying about a Diet Coke and it seems like God wants to, to meet with them, right? And so this brings up a tension in our lives and starts to make us wonder, God, because you're not speaking Maybe it means that you're not present. Maybe it means that you're not here. Now, uh, one of the things that uh, we know is that to hear God's voice, we've got to kind of, we've got to get away from the noise a little bit. And I would say that the past year of my life has been the noisiest year of my entire life. I mean, it's been a noisy year. There's been a lot going on. I would say maybe the most noisy year in all of history. Uh, With the internet the way it is and all of the input the way uh, that we have it and, you know, we're Netflixing and we're watching things and there's just always stuff going on. In fact, I remember uh, Easter a year ago when we were planning for Easter, every church in America went online and we like killed the internet because everybody was streaming. Everybody was, was pumping this stuff into their houses. And so this has just been sort of the world that we live in. It's been like a noisy world and the purpose is to distract us, right? Like we add noise to distract us from the reality of the world that we live in, the reality of a pandemic, the reality of the fears and struggles that are in our lives, or we just, you know, we just get out and we try to get away from the presence of God. In fact, uh, I know a guy who locally owns a, a four-wheeler uh, shop, and he, he sells four-wheelers, and he was talking to me. He's like, dude, my, my sales are over double in 2020. So some industries we know are struggling. He's doing really well for himself. He said people used to call and they'd be like, hey, I need a Polaris with, you know, this size motor and this cool stuff. And and he said now they just call and go, do you have a four-wheeler? Because I got to get out of here, right? Like I got to get into the woods. I got to get into the mountains. I got to get away from my life. And so we know this, anything recreational right now is, is selling like hotcakes because we're just looking to distract ourselves from what's going on in, in the reality of our existence. So sometimes we avoid the silence just by adding noise. Other times we avoid the silence um, because we feel shame. So the idea of being alone with God to some of you is terrifying, right? Because you know what's going to happen. You know that he's got some stuff he wants to talk to you about. He's going to bring up some things about your soul, about your heart, about your life. And, and, you know, you're thinking, ain't nobody got time for that right now, right? Like, I'm just trying to keep my head above water. I don't have time to listen to those things. But in the silence, we know that's where we're going to be confronted on our sin, right? That's where God is going to try to give us a different perspective. But that's exactly what we need to do to move forward here right now. 
So, silence. It's something we need. It's something that we know God will use in our lives. We know that he's present in every moment, even in the times where he's not speaking. Uh, I don't know for you, if you're a dad here, I know that um, for me as a dad, I'm not always present. I know I struggle. In fact, the other day, my little boy Grayson came in, and he had just built uh, like a TIE fighter with uh, some Legos, and he wanted to show it to me, and I was just too busy. And and I was like, hey, later, later, I'll, I'll do it later. And I think sometimes this is how we view God, like God just doesn't have time for my little issues, right? He just, he's not present in my life. He's not involved with these moments. But I just want you to know God is such a better dad than your dad. God is such a better dad than, than I've ever been. He's a perfect father that's present in all of the big things and the little things. He cares about what's on your mind and about what's on your heart. Uh, Ruth Haley Barton in her book, An Invitation to Solitude and Silence, she writes this. We are starved for quiet, to hear the sound of sheer silence that is the presence of God himself. So that's a different perspective on the silence, right? Like you and I, when we hear hear silence, we think, well, God isn't there. But what if in the silence is actually the presence of God himself? I don't know if you have friends like this where um, you just know them really, really well. And you can go on a road trip, you can be with them for hours, and nobody has to say a word. And this is, for me in my life, how I know that, uh, that somebody is, is a close friend of mine, somebody I'm comfortable with, is we can be in a vehicle, we can be in a room, and nobody's got to talk. In fact, my, my favorite friends don't say a word, right? Like, we can just be silent in a room, in a car, and, and, and it's, we're cool, right? Like, we don't have to say anything, but we're present with one another, and, and what, if, like, what if this is the problem is that we're expecting something out of God because we don't really have that kind of relationship. Like we have not built the closeness of a close friend with God. We've not invested in time with God, learning his word, talking to him, hearing from him. And so when we get in a room with God, it's just scary and weird, right? It's just, it's terrifying because we know that he's going to speak some truth possibly to us. And it's just weird because we expect somebody to be saying something. His presence isn't enough for us. I mean, that's really what that means is in the silence when we're freaking out, we got to distract ourselves is that the presence of God is not enough for us. Psalm 139.7 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. So I don't know where you're at right now. You might be in sort of a place of the heavens. In other words, your life's just kicking along pretty good. Maybe you're selling four-wheelers. I don't know. Uh, and you're like, life's good, Brian. I don't know what all this uh, struggle is about. Or maybe you're in the depths here today. I mean, you walked in with some burdens, carrying some weight today. And I love that David says, hey, whether I'm, in the, I'm just riding on a cloud nine and life's going really well, it's just perfect, or whether life is falling apart, like God's presence never changes. He never walks away. And some of you, listen, I was just thinking about this. Like some of you, you had a dad that walked away, okay? And so we know this, that, that most of us gain our understanding of the identity of God based on our relationship with our earthly father. And, and for, for most of us, that's kind of a, there's been some tension there, right? There's been some problems there. And, and, and you might have had a great dad or not so good dad, or you never knew your dad. But for some of you, you had a dad that walked away. I know even my kids, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, what are they going to need therapy for? Like, 
Do you ever do this if you're a parent? You're just thinking, like, what are the things? I'm trying to think ahead. Like, what are, I'm saving up. I have a special account for their therapy because I'm thinking, what are the things that I'm creating, the wounds that I'm inflicting on my children, and, and I may or may not even know it. But God doesn't do that. He never walks away. He's always with you. He's always for you. He's always cheering for you. I've started uh, writing some letters and, and just, I'll write thank you notes to people sometimes. And, and if you're a new Christian, which we're celebrating this, we've had over 25 people say yes to Jesus this year. And so just thanking God for that. And when I, I'll, I'll write people a letter, I'll, I'll almost always end it with this, I'm cheering for you. I've just found that people, people don't hear that. Like we, we don't say that enough. Like you might be cheering for somebody, but you've just never told them and they need to hear that. But certainly God himself is cheering for you. He's for you. He, he really is behind you. And although we do things that God doesn't always agree with, he's a loving father that wants to lovingly realign us with what's good for us and what's good for the world. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Heaven or depths, God is there. And so I want you to just take this home with you. God is present even when he's silent. He's with you. He's in this space. You know, one of the things we used to pray, like we'd get together before service, and I don't know if you know this, but we all got together, we prayed for you today. Like, we didn't know who you, who you were or who, who would be showing up today, but we gathered in a circle in that lobby, and we said, man, God, just show up. Meet people where they're at today. We prayed for you today. We knew that people were gonna be here because we knew that you needed a moment of the presence of God. We knew that you needed to meet with him, but what we didn't pray was that God would show up. I've stopped praying that because God always shows up. He always shows up. And he doesn't show up the way you want him to all the time, right? It doesn't mean we manipulate God to do what we want God to do. God is a terrible assistant, just so you know that. Like, he doesn't do things the way that we want God to do things. And so he's a terrible assistant, but he's always there. He always shows up. He's always present, even when he's silent. And I just want you to know the world around us, they're watching us. If you're a Christian here today, maybe you're not and you're just checking this out, but if you're a Christian, the world is looking at you right now and they're asking one question, where is your God? Where's your God? When the world seems like it's burning down, where's your God? And the way you respond in those moments says everything about who God is to the world. Like, 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 are you communicating to your friends based on the way that you're living that God is present in all the mess that's around us? Like, are, what are you communicating? Because if you're freaking out, right, and you're like, when you're freaking out, it's like saying, God's not present in my finances. God's not present in uh, the, the policies that are being put out by our government. God's not present in, in a pandemic, right? But listen, we're, <laughs> we're the church, right? And we believe that God is present, in all places, in all things, from the wilderness to the White House, God is involved with every piece, from the prayers of a child to the prayers of a pastor, from your cries to your laughter. God is there. He's present in all of those things. And so I just, I want you to know you are preaching a sermon to the world. And you carry the burden of that just as much as I do right now. If you're like, well, Pastor Brian, you got that call. Guess what? You did too if you're a Christian. You have been called to preach a sermon to the world. What does it say about God? What sermon are you preaching? I'm not even on my notes. Anyway, I don't even know what I'm talking about. God is present. So what, what, what do we need to do? Well, 
um, starting off this new year, one of the commitments that I've made is just to, to be in prayer consistently. And maybe, I don't know if any, I'm not going to do a show of hands because it'd just be like shame fest 2021, but who here feels like your prayer life is just killing it, right? And prayer life is, again, like a churchy way of saying, like, I pray consistently and I'm in a consistent conversation with God. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I don't know there's anybody in the room that's like, oh yeah, killing it. Like me and God, we t- except for the Diet Coke lady. I don't know who that is. We love you. But you make us sick sometimes. So that's just, that's just the reality. But I would say that we, we would say we believe in prayer, but our prayer lives aren't always doing very well. And um, I would say that sometimes when we say, I believe in prayer, Christians, you say, I, I, do you believe in prayer? Oh, yeah, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer like we believe in a parachute. Um, anybody here jumped out of an airplane recently? We got some airborne people, a few of you in the room. Oh, man, I, I love watching you. I never want to do it, right? I love it when I'm driving down uh, the middle of Eagle River and I see these uh, guys and ladies jumping out of, uh, of an airplane and they're floating safely down to the ground. I'm just like, that looks like so much fun. I want no part of that, but it looks <laughs> awesome, right? And I think that's kind of how we, we think of prayer more like a parachute, right? Like it's something that it's there if I need it, um, but I try to do everything I can to avoid needing it, Right? Like, it's there if I need it, but I'm going to live a life where I do everything I can to avoid needing it, right? I don't want to have to pull the chute on my life. I'm pulling the chute, the wheels have come off, right? Something has gone wrong. I'm mixing metaphors there. But anyway, if I'm pulling the chute, things have gone completely wrong in my life. And I was thinking about this. Prayer needs to be less like a parachute and more like a pulse, it's something that, it creates a rhythm in our life. If you're checking your pulse right now, you know that, that it, it, your heart is beating and it's, it's sending blood through your veins and it's what's keeping you alive. And the invitation of, I think, even what David has put out in this text is that we need to be the kind of people that recognize that God is trying to create a rhythm in your life. He wants a relationship with you. He actually wants to talk to you and, and walk through joy and sorrow with you. It's, it, the Bible talks about a relationship with God like a marriage, right? I mean, can you imagine getting married to somebody? Like you say your vows, you say I do, and you're like, sweet, I'll call you when I need you. You would say that is not a marriage at all, right? Because it's a relationship. We want to laugh together. We want to cry together. We want to experience life together. This is what God wants to do with us in all places, in all times. His presence is there whether you acknowledge it or not. So if God is our Father, if we say we're Christians, if we say but we believe in prayer, then we're going to begin in the silent moments to seek those moments out and also to acknowledge his presence in those things. So I have a few things for you in all of this because there are some barriers that we put up when it comes to talking with God. Like it's not always just God's not speaking audibly to me right now. Um, it's not always what's going on with God. Sometimes it's something with us. And so I want to talk about three barriers to communicating with God. Uh, Psalm 139.1 said, you have searched me, Lord, and, and, and you know me, right? And so the, the first barrier is going to seem really obvious. You're going to be like, well, that's pretty clear. But it's not as clear as you might think. And the first barrier is, barrier is this. Um, you're not a Jesus follower. You're not a follower of Jesus, so, so first question is this, does God speak to people who aren't followers of Jesus? Yes, he does. But when you're trying to talk to God like you have a relationship with him, but you do not, it's going to create a division in your communication. It's going to create some problems, right? 
When you're assuming that you have a relationship with this God and God's like, no, we don't know each other, it's going to create a problem in your communication. One of the things I hate are uh, elevators because other people get in and it gets really awkward, right? And I don't know how you deal with it. I stare at the door. I have friends who just love to stare at the person. They just don't say anything, and I don't know, I don't know what, your, what your MO is, but like, it's an awkward moment, right? Because you're standing there, you're in this kind of tight quarter with somebody that you don't know. And I think for a lot of you, this is why you don't pray. It's because you get alone with God, and you know it's like, man, I, we should be communicating. And, and it's just not working, it's not functioning, but, but you haven't actually assessed your heart. You haven't prayed, God, would you search me? Would you search my heart and would you know me? That's an invitation to be in a relationship with this God. That's a scary prayer. And, and maybe that's, that's where you need to begin today. If you're like, man, I don't really have a, a, a time where I can look back and see that I've really communicated well with God, you need to start with square, square one. Do you know God? Does he know you? Have you asked him to search your heart? And maybe here today, God would say, hey, listen, I want to know you. But you have to make a decision to invite me to, to, to search you and, to, and a, a decision to walk into this relationship. You can't just continue to seek after God's protection without his presence. To seek after God's hand without seeking his face. And, and the temptation for all of us is always just to try to be religious and do for God instead of just being with God. And if you find yourself uncomfortable with being with God, maybe you don't know him. And maybe you haven't actually walked into that relationship. John 10, 22, um, there's these religious leaders that are trying to convict Jesus of calling himself the Messiah so they can crucify him, which ultimately they do. And here's what the text says. At that time, the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem. So it was, it was Hanukkah, if you don't know what the feast of dedication is. Uh, it was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And so as much as I want you to ask God, hey, search my heart. Am I a follower of you? I want you also to be firm and to, to acknowledge if you are a follower of Jesus, to it, it, just enjoy that, to embrace that, not to have any fear. Because once again, we read that text, and, and that's true. Like, like once you're a follower of Jesus, like you don't need to fear that you're going to blow it, that you're going to do something that's going to snatch you out of the hands of God. Like, that's just not possible. But in that text, I love that Jesus is like, hey, the reason you don't understand me, the reason everything I say sounds like gibberish to you is because you're not one of my sheep. My sheep know my name. Do you know anybody that you can pick their, their, their voice out of a crowd? Like, one of the things I love about my wife, Amanda, is her laugh. If you know Amanda, you know her laugh. If ever I want to find Amanda, I just got to make her laugh. Because I can hear her voice and I can pick it out of a crowd because that's my wife, right? And I know her voice. I know the sound of her laughter. And the same is true as believers. If we're like, hey, I want to hear God's voice. If you're one of his sheep, you're going to learn what his voice sounds like. You're going to start to hear his voice throughout your day. 
You're going to start to see him speaking to you in a variety of different ways throughout your day if you are one of his children. So I think sometimes prayer can be like this as well. This is another challenge for many of us. Can we put that picture up? Anybody have one of these in like eighth grade? What is it? What is it? Magic eight ball, right? I used to love these things, right? Here's the great thing about the magic eight ball. If you never had one, they're just awesome. You just shake it up. You ask it a question, you shake it up. It'll say ask again later or, or whatever it is. And the, the beautiful thing about the magic eight ball, what I loved about it is whatever answer you wanted, you could just keep shaking till you got it. <laughs> so you can really do whatever you want. Just keep shaking the eight ball until you get the answer that you want. Uh, is prayer like this for you? It's pretty kind of like that. Like, I'm just going to keep kind of trying to manipulate either the word of God or the voice of God until I get the answer that I'm looking for. So the, the second barrier that uh, can keep us from really hearing from God is this. You don't really want the truth. Like, you're asking, but let's be honest. You don't want, we, we know this with somebody else, like when we're in a relationship with somebody, we're talking, they're asking for your opinion and you're going, they don't want my opinion. They don't want the truth right now. They're asking for it. The words are the right thing, but you can tell in their heart they don't really want the truth. You see, every time that you open the word of God, every time that you pray, there are two wills that exist. God's will and your will. And the way this should work is that when your will and God's will are conflicting, God's will wins. That's what we believe, like when we open the word of God, that, that we, we don't make it say what we want it to say. Like if my will and my worldview comes in conflict with, with what the word of God says, the Bible wins, right? I don't win. I don't just get to rip that page out, right, and make it say what I want it to say. Now I'm creating my own truth, right? And so this is the, one of the biggest problems, I think, in our prayer life is that we don't actually want to hear what God has to say to us. We don't really want the truth, Continue on, verse 23 of Psalm 139. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Now, you want a dangerous prayer. Pray this. Test me. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is a prayer of repentance. So repentance is, literally means to, for God to change your mind, right? We've talked about this, wor- this word before. It's the word metanoia, meta meaning change, noia meaning mind, right? So repentance is to change your mind. So that's what that prayer is. God, search my heart, see if there's anything offensive in me, which the answer is there is, right? There's some offensiveness in my heart and in yours. And then the challenge, like God, so then show this to me and then lead me in the way everlasting. everlasting. Give me a different operating system. Give me a different way of seeing the world, a different perspective on all of this. See, that's a different way of praying than the magic eight ball. It's like, God, I want to know the truth about me. I don't want to conceal sin in my life. And I just want you to know the Bible's clear, like unconfessed sin is a barrier to your prayers. So when we're not being real with God, it's keeping us from hearing his voice. You cannot compartmentalize your sin. You can't stick it over the corner, right, and act like it's not there at all. We are holistic beings. It affects every part of our life, and not just even us individually, but you need to know this. If you're part of the family of God, if you're a Christian, do you know that your sin hurts the family? 
Do you know that my sin hurts the family? That we can't just kind of set this aside and just like praising Jesus, acting like there's nothing there. It hurts the family, right? Psalm 46.10, I love this. It says, be still and know that I am God. And I just learned this this week. I was just studying. You know pastors learn stuff, right? I learned lots of stuff. The words be still in the Hebrew are the words rafa, which means to relax one's grip. So think about that. The idea of being still, just getting silent, quiet, you know, shut off the four-wheeler. You're just sitting there alone with God. It means literally this, this prayer saying, God, I, just, I want to be still and know that you're God. It's the prayer that God would help you to just literally open up your hands. Because there's something that you're holding on to that's probably keeping you from hearing God. And it's probably keeping your life from turning around and, and, and from, from walking into the things that God has for you. It's a release. To be still is to release your grip on something. There's something that you're holding on to that's probably getting in the way right now. I, I related to this, that if, if a husband is having an affair on his wife and they sit down for dinner together, does she want to talk about how he wants new, new tires for the truck, right? Does she want to have a little conversation about where they're going to go on vacation this week? Does she want uh, to give her opinion about what color to paint the bathroom, right? No, because there's something in the way. There's something in the relationship. There's something that's not supposed to be there. She wants to talk about the problem, right? And she should. And so this is, God is, once again, it's a marriage. It's a relationship. And so we can't just set our sin over here and say, God, I want to talk about, you know, I want, I want to pray about my, my new job. And I want to ask you to bless my finances when, when I've got this, this sin over here that I have not yet taken before God and said, search my heart. Show me what's wrong in my soul. Lead me into the way everlasting. So you can't get into prayer life. It doesn't function well when we're not honest with God. You can't just come to church and, and fast and, and act like it's going to be okay. In fact, I was reading in Isaiah 58. Um, God's people were, were praying and, and, and fasting. And God's like, you've been unfaithful to me. Like, I don't want your prayers. I don't want you just to, to fast. I want you to be faithful, right? I want you to care for the poor. I want you to be generous, I want you to give up all other gods and worship me. That's what I want from you. And you want to show up here and get all religious, right? God wants our heart. The third barrier is this. You're overthinking it. You're just overthinking it, right? And so first one was you're, you're maybe not a Jesus follower. Second one was you don't want the truth. The third is this. You just, you're overthinking it. You're making it too complicated. God's trying to speak to you. I don't know that any of us can say that over the past year, God has not tried to speak to us. Because I think through all of the struggles that have gone on globally and nationally and even just in our own homes, God is speaking to us, right? We may not like the message. We may not want to hear it. But God is speaking. I'll close with this. 1 Kings 19. Elijah, if you know this story, he's literally running for his life. He needs an encounter with God, right? It's just like this needy moment. If, if you're maybe there today, you're like, Brian, I came here to church today just because I, I just needed to be with God. I needed a moment with, with someone, something bigger than myself. This is the moment for Elijah. He's like, I want to meet up with God. Verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. That's a cool promise. 
What a beautiful promise. God's going to show up. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. So what if the one thing that you're avoiding the most is the one thing that you need to hear from God? Silence. Quiet. Just slowing down. Listening. Hearing. Trusting that although he may be silent, he is most definitely present. He's with you. So if you're to boil all this down to one simple thing, how to hear from God? Stop talking. Preach, right? <laughs> Stop talking. It's a conversation. And, and get real before God. And um, I, I know some of you, maybe you're just like, I don't know how to pray. It's really uncomfortable. And honestly, it's uncomfortable, once again, because we have not built the relationship. We have awkward conversations, which it seems like everybody in 2021 is really socially awkward. We've forgotten how to relate to one another. So lots of awkward conversations. And it's the same with God. If we don't spend time with him, it's just going to be really uncomfortable. And so you need to just start to, start to do it, start to get silent and listen. Uh, some of you might need just a framework for, okay, if I'm going to bring some things before God, what do I do? Does anybody's mind just go blank when you're just like, okay, I'm supposed to pray. I don't know what to pray. There's a few things. First, you can just say, like, what am I sad about? What am I mad about? What am I anxious about? And what am I glad about? Okay, so there's a framework for you. Sad, mad, anxious, glad. Like, that's what you do. You bring that stuff before God, and then you just listen. What does God have to say to me right now? Because God wants to speak to you on his terms, not on yours. He wants to speak to you about things that you don't want him to speak about. And he wants to speak to you in ways that you never asked him to speak. But as you, as you see prayer more like a pulse than a par- parachute, you'll start to notice that he's, he's there in every little moment. As you open the scriptures, like he is there. And one of the things that we talk a lot about as a church is how God speaks to us through relationships. And I just promise you, man, if you want to hear from God, you need to get around other people who love Jesus like you do. You need, as we said a couple weeks ago, you need friends who are friends with God, okay? We need, we need to develop relationships with others, but we first need friends who are friends with God. And so one of the most impactful ways that God speaks to me in my life is through my people. Why don't you watch this video real quick? Let's face it. Life is hard, especially in times like these. None of us have an Instagram perfect life like we make it out to be. In fact, it's more like being stuck in the mud, heart thumping, mind racing, and overwhelming to the core of our being. But right now, ACF, you are meant to do more than just survive. Sure, we could just bury our potential in Netflix and self-isolation, but that's a great way to waste a life. Today, we choose to take back what's been taken from us and push ahead, but we can't do it alone. We need a pack a team, a tribe of trusted friends with us on this rugged trail we call life. Being a lone soldier is a great way to get shot, so we're choosing to stand together in the fight. So what do you think? Are you ready to find your people? Well, we're here to help. And you just might realize that your people 
have been trying to find you. There it is. Yeah, find your people. It's good. Here's what you need to know is that uh, we're in an exciting time as a church. It's a it's really a rebuilding season as a church, and uh, as you can see, we're going to be launching some more gatherings, and, and so what that means is an opportunity to build some new teams. Um, one of the things that we say about all of our teams is that this is where you find your people. In fact, um, I just walked upstairs, our first impressions team, which uh, are the people that showed up to make you coffee before church today. They're greeting at the doors. Uh, they were up there praying for one another, sharing stories, encouraging one another, and I know that for a lot of people, that's, that's their family. It's in fact for me. I'll tell you what. There's a there's a bond that's built when you serve together that isn't built when you just simply sit alone or sit together in a in, in a in a living room. There's something powerful about serving with one another, and we want that for every single one of you. That you would find your people, and the best way to do that is to be on an ACF team. And so uh, there's a little card on the seat that you came in. You might have seen that, and and uh, I just want you to take a second and pray. Okay, so whatever uh, God is speaking to you right now. There's a, there's a need and an opportunity for you to join Team ACF, okay? And so if you want to grab that little piece of paper, I'm going to give you 60 seconds right now. And we're just going to kind of listen to the music. And I want you to just ask God, would you have me jump into a team? And so just by checking a box doesn't mean that you're on the team immediately. They're going to get you some more information. But I want you to consider today filling that information out and just picking one area. One of the things that we say is that we don't want you serving everywhere. We're not going to be the church up here that's just beating you down like, we need more people. We want this for you. We want, we want you to find your people. And so uh, just pick one way. That's what we ask of people. One way to serve in the ACF family. So if this is your church home, if ACF is your church, and we're your family, then, then just pick one way to serve. And you can drop that in the basket on the way out. And uh, I just want to pray for us as we step forward here today. God, thank you uh, that you are here. Before we showed up, you are here. God, in the darkness of life, you are here. God, in the joyful laughter moments, God, God, you are there. God, in all of these moments, you are here. Your presence is with us. God, we cannot go anywhere to flee you. And so, God, we, we acknowledge that. And it also kind of strikes fear in our hearts because, God, that means that you know the dark thoughts in our minds. That means you've seen us in our moments of disobedience. And, God, you've, you've heard the words that have come out of our mouths and you've, you've known our thoughts. You've seen our actions, God. And, and those aren't always praiseworthy. But, God, I, I just can't believe that although you are always present in those moments, you still love us. We're still your children. God, you never walk away. I pray that we'd remember that today. Father, you are the loving Father that never walks away. So God, we, uh, we today just we want to lean into you and to our family today. God, we pray for ACF Church. Um, this is our community. And uh, God, it's been a hard year for all of us. You know, God, I just see this glimmering light, this, this, this hopeful moment coming, God, as you're starting to rebuild your, your family and, and pull people back together. And God, as we're seeing new life and people giving their hearts to you and Next week as we do baptism, God, we're just excited for what you're doing right now. Would you show everybody in this room what their part is to play in your ministry to the world right now? God, we love you. Thanks for loving us. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.
Thanks for watching this message from ACF Church. Uh, we hope it's encouraged you and challenged you to be more like Jesus and to walk with Him in a closer and more profound way. If you'd like to give to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so at the link on the screen or at acfak.org. We love you and we'll see you next week.